You're listening to the Her Soul Podcast, a safe space where we focus on Christian living and mental health. I'm your host, Camille Allison, and my goal is to encourage you in your everyday walk so that you can live in the freedom that Christ promises you. It's the Christian girl talk you need in your life. So grab your journal, favorite pen, a cup of coffee, and let's get into the show. Hey friends, welcome back into another week's episode of Her Soul. I'm your host, Camille Allison. And yes, y'all, thank you so much for coming back. So last week we talked a little bit about self-love and um, just some things that we're trying to sort out. The title of the episode was called, Will You Settle? Basically giving you some questions to consider and some things to think about as far as how you regard yourself, right? And learning a set of standards for yourself, not for anybody else, but a set of standards so that you can be the best version of you that you possibly can. And I gave you guys a little bit of homework and I want to know if you did it. I want to know if you found it helpful. Um, We did the sticky note exercise and there was also a journaling exercise. And so if you participated in that, if you actually took that to heart and did some of that work, I want to know if you found it to be beneficial. So if you want to leave me a comment, a message or whatever, and let me know, I really do want to know if you found it helpful. I also need to make an announcement that for those of you who watch on YouTube, I'm so sorry, you guys, I'm not able to video record. I am very much so under the weather this week, and I've been trying my best to get myself together in a lot of different ways to do a lot of different things and just really hasn't been working. But I did muster up enough strength to turn on this mic to get my notes together and to bring the audio version of the podcast. So that obviously is still available and I will figure out a way to make it up to our little YouTube family um, on another day. So let's just get into it. We're talking about the love languages today. I know so many of you are familiar with this idea, this concept, um, this way of thinking and moving about in a relationship. We're only going to really dive into three of the love languages this week and next week we'll follow up with the remaining two and I'll also put like a little bit of a spin on next week's episode as well. Um, But I wanted to talk about the love languages because as a person in a relationship, as many of you in relationships, whether you have a significant other, whether you're actually married or if you're even single, this is still good information to use um, for when you do get into a relationship. This is great information if you've been married for years and years and years. And, you know, there are some things that still needed to be um, fleshed out and figured out. Me, I am engaged to be married. And so I find this information helpful as I get myself ready to be a wife. And so I just wanted to share some of the things, give you a refresher if this is something that you already know. I will say that um, this is based off of a book by Gary Chapman, where he outlines the five like, the five love languages. This does come from a Christian perspective, so that's something to be aware of as well. Um, and actually, if you use the uh, Bible app by version, there is a little five-day devotional on there that you guys can check out. And it's basically like a very shortened and condensed version of his actual book, but it outlines the five love languages. And that's something you can do just you on your own or if you want to do it with your significant other, your husband or whoever. It's a great, great tool. So check that out. Alrighty. So let's just talk about it. So I went through the devotional version of um, 
this topic. I did not read the full book, but I did read his devotional. And on the very first day, he really just takes this as a day to introduce you to the concept of love languages and understanding a relationship dynamic, right? So day one, the main point is that we all want connection and intimacy and marriage is designed to meet this need. He talks about the emotional love tank and basically what this is, and I thought this was super duper interesting. He says, we all have one and each relationship has one. So people that feel like their relationship is dead or that their relationship is over, it's because your love tank is on E, that emotional love tank is on E. So if we find a way to fill it, then that relationship can be restored and revived. And so that sets the tone for the rest of the devotional, the rest of the book. And it just lets you know that all is not lost. I think this is important to think about because relationships, obviously, y'all, they're not perfect. They come with ups and downs. And I think sometimes as you go through the down part, you can kind of feel like all hope is lost. Maybe you feel like there's no way out of it, but there is. Um, And there are things that you can try before you throw in your hat. Now, I'm not saying like if you're in an abusive relationship that you should stick around after, you know, thinking that you're going to try to implement the love languages and see if that's going to fix it. If you're being physically harmed, if you're being verbally abused, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just talking about in general, our regular, you know, up and down hurdles of being in a relationship. Um, And if you're in a place where you and the other person are committed to making it work, this is a great strategy. I didn't even take take the time to actually even tell you guys what the five love languages are. So I'm going to briefly do that before I hop into the rest of the discussion. So you have words of affirmation, physical touch, receiving gifts, quality time, and acts of service. So if you do a Google search, five love languages, you will find a plethora of information, graphics, blog posts, the book, like you'll find so much information on it. So if you do want more information, you know, it will not be hard to find. I will also try and link some of the things below. But this, as we move forward into day two, we're talking about um, the power of our words, right? And how we treat one another in a relationship. Um, So day two, he really talks about requests versus demands, right? He says that love makes requests, not demands. And he's reminding us that we need to be gentle and considerate with our words. So the focus should be on not creating demands, right? So he gives the example of when we're dealing with our children. So like I have a, I have two toddlers. They need demands because they don't know anything. They don't know any better. They need that structure. They aren't at a point in their development where they can understand and make decisions without me as the parent giving it to them. So with my toddlers, of course, I need to set demands. But in a marriage or in a relationship, in a marriage specifically, you are equal partners, right? No one is the child in the situation. And so you have to regard the other person as such. You got to be careful with the way that you speak with them. I know me personally, I always, if there's something that I ever need to bring up to my fiance that I know might, you know, have even just the slightest bit of tension attached to it, I go to God in prayer and I say, Lord, I just pray that what I'm about to say comes through with respect and that he knows that it is coming through in a respectful way. Um, 
Because honestly, the way that you speak to a person, the way that you communicate to a person, and not just in relationships, like literally with anything, you know, it sets the tone. You can't expect to, you can't expect someone to want to do something for you. Um, if it comes through in a condescending manner, if it comes through with an attitude, it, that doesn't make anyone. I mean, if you even just think about yourself, if anybody comes to ask you something and it comes out sideways, it doesn't sound right. It makes you feel disrespected. You're not going to want to do something for that person. And that's to his point because Gary Chapman talks about when we create these demands on our partner and we put things through as demands, it doesn't make us want to do anything for them out of love. And that is the point here. So he goes on to talk about how in order to develop an, an intimate relationship, we need to know each other's desires and understand their wants. But how is it that we're supposed to express our wants? Um, it's super duper important, y'all. If they come across as demands, if we express our wants in a way that it's coming off as a demand, the possibility of intimacy is erased and our partner shuts down. Now think about that with your own situation. You know, if you don't feel like you're approached, um, if you don't feel like the desire is being made plain to you in a way that is still uplifting and is still respectful, you're not going to receive it well. Does that make sense? So then he goes for and he says, if we make our needs known in the form of a request, we are giving guidance and we're not giving an ultimatum. He talks about how you're allowing your partner to have a choice and that's beneficial on both parts because your partner feels like, okay, I'm not being demanded. I'm, I'm being given a choice. It's, it's not condescending. It's not something that I have to do. But then the benefit for you comes into the fact that once the request is fulfilled or the, the need is recognized and fulfilled, it lets you know that your partner chose to do something for you because they loved you. And so it works both ways. So the example that Gary Chapman gives, he says, if, okay, so imagine you and your, your husband, your husband says, can you make that good pasta you make one of these nights? If he says that to you, you feel, okay, he likes that pasta. He likes that particular food that I make. Of course, I want to make that for him because I know that it makes him feel good. I know that he enjoys it. Of course, I'll make it for him. That is your husband submitting a request. But on the other hand, if your husband says, can't we ever get a good meal? Can't you ever make something that I like? Now that comes off very harsh, right? And instead of you wanting to make him anything, you're going to, in your mind, be like, well, you make your own food. <laughs> you're going to be like, you make your own food. You make dinner. You know, don't ask me for anything because you're being rude about it. I mean, that's how I take it. That's how I would react. That is the husband making a demand. And there is absolutely a complete difference. The way you say something matters so much. You see, you get one answer one way and another answer another way. So how are our words affecting our relationship? How is our communication style, right? If this is an area of your relationship that you need to work on, or yeah, if this is an area that you feel like could use a little help, then this is something very important to take into consideration. How are your words coming across? 
Are they coming across as requests or are they coming across as demands? Requesting affirms your husband's worth, okay? So, or your par- I should say your partner because there might be men listening as well. Requesting affirms your partners or your significant others, your spouse. It affirms their worth and it affirms their abilities. And that indicates that he is able to do something that's meaningful to you and worthwhile. Demanding, on the other hand, turns you into a nag. <laughs> and instead of feeling affirmed, your husband feels belittled. And especially in our culture, in our society, in our culture, if you're um, a person of color, if you're African-American descent, such as myself, and you've grown up in a black home and you are with someone who is black, then you know the black man highly regards respect. He he very much so wants to feel affirmed and strong in his abilities. So imagine how it feels to him to have his wife uh, submitting these demands in a way that makes him feel belittled. He probably will never tell you that, but know that it's happening. Requesting gives an element of choice like we already talked about, right? So emotional love doesn't, um, emotional love doesn't, or I guess it can't come by demanding. Requesting requesting creates the possibility for an expression of love. Demands suffocate the possibility. I'm going to say that again because I know it got kind of wonky. Um, requesting creates a possibility of love or an expression of love, whereas demanding suffocates that possibility. It's complete shutdown. And I'm thinking about myself. If I feel like it's coming off in a way that, you know, it's not giving me a choice. It is coming off as demand. It's coming off disrespectful. It's coming off entitled or condescending. Absolutely. I'm going to shut down. It doesn't make me want to do, it doesn't make me want to cook you anything to eat. It makes me want to let you starve and figure it out for yourself. And so what he's saying there is very, very true. This topic in general just opens up the conversation for you to analyze how is it that you all communicate in your relationship? What sort of life are you speaking into your partner day to day? And do they know it? Do they feel it? Is it something that if they were sat down and someone asked them about it, could they just off the top of their head say, oh, yes, my wife pours into me words of encouragement and affirmation and respect constantly? Or is there going to be that hesitation? And if there is the hesitation on both sides, like if you feel that way that your husband doesn't pour into you, then this is an area that is worth diving into. Now, when it comes to the love languages, um, many People, many psychologists and family therapists have taken this and um, sort of used it as a way to figure out what the relationship, what the partners individually need in a relationship to make it thrive. So if you go on fivelovelanguages.com, you can take a quiz and you can find out which love language you operate in, um, what, which love language is your strongest, I guess, but it will rate all of them. This is a really good exercise for you and your partner to do because you'll see, you know, what is the way that you prefer to be loved and you'll also see what way your husband prefers to be loved. But specifically under um, words of affirmation, so this particular love language, uh, one of the things it talks about is how to communicate to make this area thrive, right? Encouragement by affirming them, appreciating them, empathizing with them, 
and listening actively. And I know the longer you've been with someone, maybe this gets harder and harder to do, but it's something that you really should take into account because it fuels every other part of your happiness and well-being with this person, right? So some actions to take that um, this particular family therapist recommends is by is to send an unexpected note or text. Um, write them a random card. You know, maybe it's not anniversary time or birthday or holidays, but you just take the time to write them a note. And it could be something as simple as saying, babe, I love you so much and I just wanted you to know that. Or babe, thank you so much for being uh, the man that we need you to be in this home. Something as simple as that, right? And not just to do it, uh, you know, every once in a while, but to make it common practice. And these are ways that you can pour into your significant other that will lift them up and ultimately better your relationship. The things to avoid with this particular love language, um, non-constructive criticism, hello, not recognizing or appreciating their effort, right? And so this is just basically saying, acknowledge that person for who they are, what they contribute, um, and just let them know that you appreciate them for it. All right, moving on to day three. The love language we talk about in day three is quality time. And this is a biggie, I think, because life gets so busy, y'all. Life gets so busy, especially when you add in the kids. It's like you don't know how to manage making time for the kids and all the things that they have going on, your significant other and yourself and work and all the other roles and responsibilities that you have in life. I think this is like, um, one of those things where maybe you figure it out along the way, but definitely uh, this is something to take into consideration as far as the well-being of your relationship, right? So Gary Chapman points out right away that it's not enough to just be in the same room with that person. It's not enough to be, okay, it's the end of the day and both of y'all are laying in the bed. He's on his phone and, you know, you're on your phone. It's not enough. That, that doesn't necessarily count because the attention is not focused on the other person. Quality time, by definition, according to Gary Chapman, is actual focused attention on the other person. So, like I said, you can't both be in bed on the phone, or maybe your husband is trying to talk to you and you're on your phone sending a text message. That isn't quality time because you're not giving him your full attention. So, the key here is full attention. The point is to just do something together that requires you to give them your full focused attention. It doesn't matter what you do. Rather, the importance is giving on, is given to the emotionality of it all. Rather, another way to say it is that you guys could literally be doing anything. Like maybe y'all are outside, um, just taking a walk or cleaning the house, whatever it is. It's not necessarily on the activity. It's the connection that's being formed in the midst of that activity. So me and my fiance took a walk around the neighborhood the other day, which we rarely ever do this, but we took a walk and we just talked. And I can't remember exactly what we talked about, but I can tell you for a fact that it created another level of uh, security is the, is the word that I want to use. Um, it created another... I don't know, um, uh, just a stronger sense of bond and connectivity. So that is something to take into consideration. Y'all could literally be doing anything together, but 
It's about the connection that's being formed between you two. Gary Chapman is really highlighting here that it matters what happens on the emotional level most, right? If we go back to what he talked about in his introduction to this devotional, he's talking about that emotional love tank, figuring out how to fill it back up. You know, your car doesn't run on empty, right? Neither can your marriage, neither can your relationship. So one of the ways that we can fill our tank back up is by committing to dedicated quality time with that person. This is, um, I think, one of the harder ones to actually implement because we are so busy. We are so overwhelmed with life tasks. But can you imagine how much it says to your significant other when you're able to put aside all of your other demands and tasks of the day to give it to them, to give your full attention to them. So when we're talking about filling our love tank, filling that thing back up so that our relationship can be in a better, healthier way, quality time is a really great thing to concern. Spending time together says that I care. I enjoy being with him. And we can do things together and enjoy things together. So this particular marriage counselor talks about quality time. And in the way they suggest as far as how to communicate um, or how this should look, it says that quality time is uninterrupted and focused conversation. One-on-one time is critical. She also says as far as our actions to take in this area, Create special moments together. Take walks and do small things with your spouse. Weekend getaways are huge. Um, Dang it, the name of this thing is actually slipping my mind. But uh, this particular theory when it comes to love and relationships, I will leave it linked below. Um, But it is, it also talks about the importance of this quality time as far as like getting away. So taking, you've got kids, we've got two boys. So saying, okay, The boys are going to stay with their grandparents. You and I are going to get out of here and just reconnect with who we were outside of kids. Like that says and does a whole lot for a relationship. Things to avoid under this category says distractions when spending time together. So put the phones down. Um, And then long, it says to avoid these long periods of time where you're not doing anything together. It's really important to just go ahead and commit to making Spending quality time with your significant other a regular part of your routine. Schedule out those date nights. I mean, do what you can to schedule out these weekend getaways or these trips away from your life, everyday life responsibilities. Make it a normal part of your routine because what happens is it'll start to become, like I said, routine. It'll become normal and it'll be something that you won't even have to think about. And so this area of your love life, this area of your relationship will become stronger and it will pour into your and your partner's own personal emotional love tanks as well as the love tank that you all have together in this relationship. So a little tiny bit of homework, nothing too major. If you are someone who is in a relationship, this is going to probably be um, a little bit easier for you to do. But if you are single, It's okay if you're single. You can still take advantage of this and I'll tell you why in just a second. So what I want you guys to do this week is to really be intentional in these two areas that we talked about today. The words you speak, um, 
and the time you give. And so I want you to be very mindful of the way that you are speaking to your significant other. Are you pouring life into them or are you taking away? Are you creating requests or are you instead pushing demands? Really be mindful, take an analysis and write about it. I want you to journal about that this week. I also want you to journal about how you feel your communication is with your partner. I want you to really, really think about if you feel like your partner pours life into you and lifts you up in all the ways that you need to be lifted up as far as communicating is concerned. Do you feel appreciated in your relationship? Those are the things that I want you to journal about. In the same token, as far as um, quality time, I want you to make a conscious effort. If you can do it, go on a date this week. If you can find somebody to watch those kids, just so y'all can have a special dinner at home, like whatever it is, do it. And then I, I say if you have kids, because that's the role that I'm in right now, but anything that's distracting you, if you have other responsibilities, if you can just say, okay, after the kids go to bed, you and I are just going to take time to do something, talk, even if that's all it is, do it. And then in the journaling aspect, I want you to write about how you feel. Do you feel empowered? Do you feel more connected to this person? Do you feel um, like your bonds are becoming stronger, if that makes sense? Really, really, really important stuff. I always want you guys to write things down because there is something about the pen to paper action that really forms these connections in our brain. It highlights certain things that need to be improved upon or fixed, as well as it points out the good things that are going on as well. So that's why a lot of our activities have to do with journaling. But like I said, I hope you guys are finding it help, helpful and useful in your everyday lives. So that is the homework for my people who are in relationships. If you are a single person, you can still take advantage of love languages and learning from them, right? So I want you to take the things that we've talked about today. So the power of our words and the power of spending quality time, take both of those. And I want you to write about what that means for you and what that looks like ideally to you. Granted, every relationship is different, but at least if you know where you stand, you can see if there are things you need to work on or when you get in a relationship, you already know what it is you can bring to the table. So for example, you might recognize, sit down with yourself and recognize, well, my communication skills are not really that strong. I got a little bit of a mouth on me. So I need to work on being, um, putting things in a way that will be more loving versus more demanding, right? Maybe that's something you might recognize about yourself and something that you need to kind of flesh out through writing a little bit more. Or maybe you're somebody who realizes that you are very, very career focused and you have a lot of goals that you want to accomplish. And so you know that you don't have a whole lot of time right now to go on these weekly dates or whatever it is. If you can sit down and take out the time to think, okay, well, maybe there is a portion of my day that I can dedicate specifically to this person. And that person might not be there right now but it's just something that you're taking note of so you know what you have to offer. And if there aren't any really good things that you have to offer, here we have some things that we can work on for the time being. You see what I'm saying? So that is this week's episode. We will finish up next week with our final two um, affirmations. And next week's episode, we'll also talk about, 
What did I just say? Did I say next week's <laughs> affirmations? No. I meant to say we will finish up with the last two love languages next week. And we will also talk about self-love languages in terms of developing ourselves um, so that we can be better versions of ourselves and treat ourselves with respect, the same amount of respect that we want to bring into a relationship. And so if you're interested in that, stay tuned because that'll be next week's episode. Hopefully we'll be back up on YouTube so you guys can see um, what's going on over here, I guess. And yeah, that's it, you guys. I hope that this was a great episode for you. If you feel like you could benefit from it, then go ahead, share it with someone else who might benefit from it as well. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys. See you later.